this is the end, my only friends. Well, it's the beginning of it anyway. How's it going? How's it going? I was like, don't do another line. There's an amount we can sing and get away with. Yeah, yeah. It also, like, contextually gets way worse yeah. if yeah. I keep singing this, uh, that song. So, um, yeah, I'm not here to murder you. Uh, I'm just here to Pretty say sure that not. we've, 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 we're here. We're, we're at level 19 and we are literally in the, the final end game bits for the APA, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, I was saying just before we started recording, I think we got maybe 15 to 20 episodes left. I'm not quite ready to call exactly where it's going to be, but it's, it's, it's coming up. Um, and you know, it's just, I want to take a second before I, I've got this whole like recap plan, but before we get into that, I just want to take a second to ask each of you, how, how are you feeling after four years with these characters or with this story as we're like looking down the tunnel to the light that is, that is the end? How, how you feel? As my as my players and my friends do check in, it's here. not real. Yeah, obviously it's all fiction, right? But I'm saying like it's, it doesn't feel like I'm not feeling that. Y- that you fresh, are yeah. like you, I think you're probably feeling that way more than the rest of us are because mm-hmm. you're thinking ahead mm-hmm. through the rest of this thing, whereas we're just flying by the seat of our pants, you know. Sure. So it's like. I, you you keep saying we're close to the end. We're close to the end. I I yeah I believe you, but I don't. I, it hasn't sunk in. I think you also have to factor in like the deep seated denial of that even happening. Um, mm-hmm. I just fully expect there to be like some homebrewed like prestige level after this um, <laughs> that I'm never going to stop playing Kuiper. Um, so yeah. I, I look g- forward to playing this for another four years. <laughs> <laughs> Just put drift, Level 40, drift, drift baby. Level 40, the way. Yeah. Coming for you. <laughs> In my head, I, I intellectually know, yes, we are coming to an end. Yes, it's probably less than 20 episodes left. Like, I know this, but I don't feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in, like, my, my knowing, it's still, like, kind of bittersweet. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like we've had an opportunity to take to take the campaign to level 20. That's a lot of people don't get to do that. No. Um, So that in and of itself is really, you know, exciting. But also it's it's very much like we'll be closing this this whole this book, like not even a chapter like this book of of our time together. And it's um Makes me a little sad, so I've decided mm-hmm. not to think about it. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I choose it, denial. So mm-hmm. that's all right. It's, it's got that kind of like bittersweet feeling of uh, you know a multiple multi year, which it is a multi year long project, similar to like getting a degree or you know going through high school or something. To where it's like, yeah, we're still going to be friends afterwards, of course, and we're still going to keep doing the things that we're doing. But with these specific characters, it's just like, like Emily, I don't want to think about it because mm-hmm. it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's like I've, I, I've gotten a terminal diagnosis for someone that I love and there's nothing I can do about it, but enjoy the mm-hmm. time I have left with them. Well, yeah. put, well put. 
Like Heath, uh, are you in denial like the rest of our squad here? <laughs> um, I I don't think so because it's got to be different for you, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, first of all, I miss Mike. Um, mm-hmm. You know that that's uh, very emotional. But having lost a, a character that I played for a very long time, like the finality of things is a little more real to me, you know, than the rest of the the crew, I would imagine. But but also just mechanically. Because I had a character die and had to make a new character and then just had to level up and stuff like the actual character sheets are what other than Mike, what kind of makes it real for me, like having to make a new character at level 18 is like, oh, God, like there's only 20 levels in this game yeah. you know? and then just leveling up to 19, like just the mechanical side of it is like, yeah, we're nearing the, the you know, the actual end of the the road in terms of the numbers of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah. Sure. So I don't, I don't think I'm in denial. Like uh, everybody else is like, I, I'm not like caught up in it as far as like, Oh God, we're going to be done soon. Time to mm-hmm. make myself sad, but I've already been sad. And now I'm just enjoying playing a new character because that's the bittersweet part for me is losing Mike really sucked and, and it was tough. Um, but I'm very excited to play a new character that I, I, you know, in some ways got to carry on a little bit of the spirit of Mike mechanically through that character. Mm. Um, but also try out some new things that I'm, I'm really excited about. Well, you know, I, I didn't really intend to bring this up as a, as a downer more as a reflection of what we've accomplished. And, and to that point, I, I want to just take a moment to like, look back at, at what we've done up to this point. And so if you guys will indulge me, I've put together a pretty, pretty extensive recap. Now, as we go through this, I encourage you to chime in at time to time so I can take a break from speaking. (laughs) Um, But I think that you'll find like once it's all contextualized in this way, the the story of the APA is so incredibly epic and dense. Um, This is the truncated version of truncated truncated uh, you know i have to keep getting Cut my mispronunciations all the way through the end um this the, i had to like there's like whole aspects that are missing from this recap right did so you this say is, ass necks uh, no but i there's no dearth of of ass necks lately uh, i will say that not once in this recap does the word ass necks appear and i feel well, like that's, that's a problem a, right there yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you fucked up yeah, yeah. Uh, so here we go. Okay. Um, let's, let's look back. Let's look back on the APA. At the start of this endeavor, you, your characters were all living separate lives, unknowingly connected by a shared mentor, the wise mystic android Sedona. A letter from Sedona to Madame Ziva, the owner and director of the Pools of Paradise, started your journey together. The letter enlisted Ziva to collect a group of some of Sedona's most trusted friends to go to a new colony that had discovered a potential ancient secret. Ziva first went to Orin and Felino, a human pilot and a Verthani mechanic respectively. These two friends had been entrusted with the care of the Epic Tracer, a ship that was used during Sedona's steward and android abolitionist front days. From there, she went on to meet Michael and Xeno-5, the owners of a new bodyguard and prisoner escort service called the Apollo Protection Agency. 
The five of them boarded the Epic Tracer without any knowledge that this flight would begin a series of events that would change them and entwine them with each other forever. The Epic Tracer crew arrived at Nakondas, the planet that was the location of the new colony, only to find that it had been occupied by the Aslanti Star Empire. The Aslanti are a fascist government that rules all the other peoples of the Star Empire with an iron fist. However, their presence here was a surprise and troublesome, as it was unlike them to venture beyond the borders of their star system. Ziva, Oren, Mike, Zeno, and Fel made their bonds together as they cleared the colony of the Aslanti occupying forces and discovered that they were there because of an ancient pre-gap Aslanti artifact, the Rune Drive. This was the secret that Sedona had alluded to in her letter, and this is what drew the Aslanti to Nikondas. The Rune Drive is an ancient starship engine that uses the powers of time and space to travel great distances quickly. It is an extremely powerful artifact that could be devastating in the wrong hands, yet the Aslanti could not figure out how to activate it. So they absconded with the Rune Drive and the crew's mentor, Sedona. The Epic Tracer crew agreed that they had to go after Sedona to save her from the clutches of the Aslanti Empire and to secure the Rune Drive in the process. But this meant going into Aslanti star space and eventually trying to infiltrate an Aslanti prison, a task that even the strongest stewards would grimace at the notion of. But the crew's love for Sedona was strong, their bonds with each other continuing to strengthen. Into Aslanti star space they went. You guys remember all this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was there. Yeah. Who are these there? people? We did it. Yeah. Uh, upon arrival in Aslanti star space, they discovered a neutral ground space station called Outpost Z, which was an abandoned mining f- facility repurposed as a rough and tumble outpost for space pirates, fugitives, merchants, and refugees. This and outpost boxing. and box. Well, I'll get to that. But yes, <laughs> and boxing. This outpost could not have been more alien to our heroes, as they struggled to understand any of the languages spoken or recognize any of the species present at the station. Uh, I, I want to just kind of pause here for a second. And do you guys remember that like complete stranger in a strange land feeling of those first couple Outpost Z episodes? You know, we had like yeah. the meatball oh, yeah. merchant yeah, that was just and yeah, the blue the blue gorilla mouse. faceless thing, the chicken yeah. mouse, yeah, yeah the meatball with fangs, whatever his yeah. name. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, the space asparagus, the joylak, the hairy meatball, the blue thing that the blue guy that forcibly traded things with me. Right, right. And yeah, the Glimshar pirates, yeah. of course. Yeah. And uh, I said it, but half red. Half red. Half red. Yeah, yes. totally. Yeah. Damn. So was, I, I think Outpost Zed was, uh, I mean, I, I'm speaking for all of you, but correct me if I'm wrong, but it's one of our favorite locales that we've ever explored in the TTRPG. It's certainly up there. Certainly up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We spent a lot of time there. Um, after some time, though, you guys did meet a translator named Hashachir. Hashachir. Uh, in which there was a battle for Gruffus' voice on the podcast. <laughs> uh, and you went to Hash for short, because it was easier to say. Um, and they helped you communicate with the inhabitants of Outpost Zed. This allowed them to discover that the Aslanti soldiers behind the kidnapping of Sedona were being led by a rogue Sardat, or a lieutenant of the Star Empire. This Sardat, Zolan, was attempting to discover the power of the Rune Drive himself without the knowledge of the High Court of the Aslanti. 
They also discovered that he was the overseer of a prison moon where Sedona was being kept. So they went to Galta, the prison moon, after getting some intel from Talmarin. Remember Talmarin? Yes, Talmarin. Yeah. Being the mongoose. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. Goss- whatever Claw. race. Goss Claw. Yes, Goss Claw. And this was right after Zeno reached into a obviously yeah. uh, the trash, trash fever. ridden Yeah, and I had and fucking mage hand. It's like, yeah. I could have just done that. Yeah. You sweet baby. <laughs> no. You live and you learn. Yeah. You yeah. learn. That's it, that's it. It was still early levels. You're excused, John. Although I remember giving you a lot of shit about it at the time. Um, So, trying the old Wookiee prisoner trick, the crew managed to get past the initial guards at the prison, only to lose their cool when the Aslanti started acting like, well, Aslanti. So this began a harrowing fight through the prison to get get to Sedona and the other prisoners, and then a near-fatal escape from the moon. The Aslanti were relentless, seeming to be particularly keen in snagging Xeno-5. And if it wasn't for the smart use of starship weapons by Orin and the heroic efforts of Fel, Xeno-5 would still be in the clutches of the Aslanti now. Barely escaping with their lives, the crew returned to Outpost Zed to heal and help Sedona recuperate. However, the respite was short, as a plot to assassinate them began to unveil itself. Alongside this murderous complication, Mike was thrust back into the boxing spotlight, competing in a series of matches that the Glimshar Pirates had arranged for him. Both of these threads connected in a near-fatal match that revealed that the assassins had tried to use the boxing matches as a way to kill Mike and the others. Uh, that was the bear fight. Mm-hmm. Up with the bear, uh, yep. Yep. But the Epic Tracer crew would not be stopped, and after a pretty particularly brutal interrogation. I don't mm. know if you guys remember that interrogation of the Dreylaks that were there, but it was I, not I pleasant. I remember that we threatened to basically kill him and keep on bringing him back. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. I, that mm-hmm. was a like one of my favorite moments, getting to fully lean into Mike as an intimidator. You, know? yeah. you ended up killing him. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, I think Ziva actually Ziva killed him. Yeah, Ziva put put a bullet through his head at the end. Uh, But throughout that, uh, because of that interrogation, you did find out that a reptoid and some nihilistic space asparagus had been hired by Zolan to kill Sedona's champions, with a particular emphasis uh, of recovering Zeno's body. This continued focus on Zeno from Zolan was troublesome, but began to speak to Zeno's potential connection to the Rune Drive. After successfully confronting the assassins, the crew said their goodbyes to their new friends that they had made at Outpost said and boarded the Epic Tracer again. And lover. This, and lover mm. that you left. Let her, had to let her down easy, had, man. Had yeah, to go, do you man. even think about her anymore? Do you call her? No. Call her. He no, he call her. Call her. Dude, he blocked he her parents. number, bro. Yeah. Come on, man. Think about. Yeah. Yeah. Her, think it, about, yeah. It, it's for the best. It's for the best. It's, 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 it's yeah, it's. Fell in Fell's mind, it's it's uh, the best for her. Exactly. That's what yeah. I, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, so this time, the Epic Tracer takes them to Zolan's secret lab on an asteroid, and their goal is to take the Rune Drive from him. The lab was filled with dangers: Greys, Aslanti specialists, beings from other planes, and more harried them in every room and hallway that they explored. There was even a noble but foolish attempt 
to pole vault with a trident. <laughs> there was. <laughs> Listen, okay. <laughs> All right. Shut up. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Exactly. But sometimes it's just an unwise shot to take. There was know? a lot of unwise like, actions that happened You had no there. business shooting for three from half court. You know? Okay. Well, up. Emily, to make you feel better, <laughs> later in a fight with some scientists, I forgot to move out of touch range when I tried to cast invisibility, provoked an opportunity attack in which you then killed the scientists. So we all Suck make it. our mistakes. Yeah, we <laughs> all make our mistakes. Yeah. Respectfully. Uh, while they were there at this lab, they found two people they never expected to find. First, they found Irio, an old operative from Sedona Mike and Zeno's android abolitionist days. He had gone into the Aslanti Empire as a spy, but had succumbed to brainwashing and had forgotten who he was. But seeing Mike, Zeno, and Sedona snapped him back to reality, and he rounded up all the scientists that the Aslanti had imprisoned here to take him to the Epic Tracer while the rest of the crew continued their hunt for the rune drive. The second person they found at the secret lab was none other than Mike's long-lost father, Rupert. Rupert had been captured in a brutal assault on a Vesk research facility that resulted in a death of in the death of most of Mike's community, including his mother, when he was a child. Rupert was only spared because of his extensive knowledge in weaponry and armor, so the Aslanti keep him kept him alive, but enslaved him to their wills. Mike had assumed that Rupert was dead, but through serendipity, they were able to reconnect. Finally, they found the rune drive, defeated those guarding it, and were able to put together most of the pieces on how to operate it. As they were exiting the facility, Zolan himself arrived, and the Epic Tracer crew faced him down, defeating him to the point of retreating to his starship through a fail-safe teleportation armor feature. As they emerged on the asteroid's surface, they found themselves in the middle of an orbital bombardment from Zolan's ship. It was in this tragic run from the entrance of the lab to the Epic Tracer that Sedona, Hash, and some of the scientists were killed. The Epic Tracer had also been pummeled to the point of inoperability and all seemed lost. But Zeno had a revelation and put a plan into action. They hooked the rune drive up to the Epic Tracer and Zeno, realizing that he was the catalyst that would make the rune drive function, placed his hands on the drive, knowing that it would disincorporate him but would save his friends. The rest of the crew could only look on in tears as Zeno dissolved before their eyes, and the Epic Tracer seemed to be reborn in pristine and more powerful conditions. The ship was primed to blow Zolan out of the sky with ease, but the emotional damage of Sedona's death was too strong for Orin, and he called for a one-on-one -on -one duel with Zolan. <laughs> the two entered a, com a combat sphere in a fight to the death. Orin was able to defeat Zolan with a clutch moment of synergy with Sedona's spirit, her energy delivering the final blow to Zolan's mind, ending him forever. The crew immediately booked it out of Aslanti star space and made it back home together to grieve for the loss of their friends. They officially all became the Apollo Protection Agency as Ziva merged her resources from the Pools of Paradise and the recent alliance with the stewards emboldened and strengthened the APA to a full-on business of protection. That was season one. Season one. Jeez. 
pretty good, man. Happened. You missed out on the uh, yeah, power motor, though. So. Little, I did. Yeah, as yeah, I said, yeah. lots of things didn't make the cut here. You missed the all-important power loader, though. That yeah, was that was exactly. a big deal for us, That's, Adam. It, it Zeno's was, biggest was regret right there is missing out on looting the power loader. Okay, I'm not even going to get into it. But did I miss? I mean, okay, I didn't talk about well the. Uh, I didn't talk specifically about Bright Bite, but you know, this is an overarching thing. Is there anything from season one that you guys just want to call attention to here mm. before I move on? Okay, I'll take that as a no. Uh, we'll, yeah, I don't right. think so. So now I have to switch music because uh-huh. we enter <laughs> season two. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing indeed. <clears throat> Six months passed and the crew enjoyed the fruits of their labor, though the loss of, Z- of Zeno and Sedona still weighed heavily on them all. So when an invitation to come and be consultants for a new resort was extended to them, all but Orin were <laughs> eager for the respite. Little did they know that this vacation would lead them to a point that nearly destroyed them inside and out. The crew now newly minted collectively as the Apollo Protection Agency, packed up all their finest vacation wear and headed out to the diaspora to enjoy Paradise Resorts, uh, a subsidiary of Eclipse Innovations, newest location, New Elysium. But even before they stepped foot on the resort, trouble popped up as some space pirates tried to attack the tracer on their approach. The crew handled these pirates fairly easily, especially with the assistance of another small ship that joined the fray. The ship was piloted by Kuiper Vargas, a Patra that was also a guest of New Elysium, though his origins were a mystery. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I wanted to quickly say, sorry. Uh, technically, <laughs> I, re- I recently re- re-listened to that episode, and it's such a good episode. Um, Mike was not eager to go to New Elysium. He was convinced by Ziva because she agreed to be his date to the gala. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's reason enough to go right there, but right. I mean, like... <laughs> I mean, Madam Ziva, you know, agrees to be your date. Like, what do you yeah, do? You don't say you no. Yeah, you don't say, say, no. You say it was, no. It was setting up our Somebody second put dance montage, you, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, after defeating the space pirates, the APA was greeted by a new Elysium's host, Philip. Mm-hmm. Our favorite little oh, smiley uh, Yeah. Philip was apologetic, but all hospitality. Of course. And welcomed them heartily to the resort, insisting that the guests install the Keys to Elysium app oh, on their phones yeah. to properly test out the new automated features of the resort. <laughs> they were also greeted by an unexpected guest, Kayon Reese, mm-hmm. Fell's old boss from Eclipse Innovations. Eclipse Innovations was the company that bought out his old Starship Bay mechanical repair company and eventually squeezed him out of the job in favor of robots. However, Fell and Kayon's relationship had always been positive, and the job loss didn't happen until Kayon was transferred to a different department. Yet, when Kayon saw Fell, he did not greet him as an old friend. Rather, he was angry and aggressive and told Fell to take his friends and leave. They shouldn't be there. Leaving Fell stunned and confused, Kayon boarded a ship and left the resort. I wish we had listened. <laughs> <laughs> Over the next few days, 
The crew settled into the resort, befriending the other guests. Among these guests was the entirety of the Absalom Station Buzzblades, a championship Brutaris team. Things were going well for the APA, and the, and the relaxation was needed, but it wasn't long before things started to get weird and off. The APA started having unsettling hallucinations. Some of the other guests started showing signs of abuse or illness. Things escalated to the point of the resort's medical and security team issuing a quarantine order in New Elysium. It was not the shrimp. <laughs> it, it wasn't. I've been saying I mean, that for years, literally years. It also was not the doctor, Zach. Never was. <laughs> yeah, I guess well, not. Look, that doesn't mean you weren't right about the other thing. <laughs> Still called the shrimp, though. <laughs> During all this time, Kuiper was an additional focus for the APA because something seemed off about the Potter's story of being a tourism diplomat from Verses. Eventually, after the hallucinations escalated to the point of causing actual violence, Kuiper decided to come clean with the APA and tell him who he really was. An operative for the Vescarium's D9 organization yeah. on a mission to track down Kayon Reese and uncover a potential plot of corruption. At this time, the APA also started to realize that something was happening to them, and they were poisoned with some sort of internal corruption, most likely derived from the Keys of Elysium app. They immediately deleted it from their comm units, but it was too late. The damage had been done. However, they were able to determine that the app was just a relay for a stronger signal emanating from somewhere deep below the surface of the resort. And so they made their way through the abandoned tunnels, mine shafts, and research facilities that Paradise Resorts had just built their resort atop of. Facing hauntings, corruption, and pure evil, the APA finally found the source of the signal in the heart of what looked to be an imploded research lab. They destroyed the broadcast device after killing a shadow baby, or a skin baby rather, mm. only to learn that it was one of several and that a bigger launch of this corrupting signal was being planned on the planet Verses. When the APA took a lift back to the surface and into the resort, they discovered to their horror that the entire facility and all its guests had been corrupted by this evil, manifesting in gruesome wounds and homicidal behavior. To their dismay, they had to fight their way through the Buzzblades, Philip, the other guests, and the security forces of New Elysium just to escape the horror that had beset the resort. While they were victorious, this victory was bitter as it resulted in the deaths of every living soul at New Elysium. And it only got worse from here. Yeah. <laughs> On their way to Verses, they were intercepted by a small pocket of shadow stuff that transported them temporarily into the shadow plane, where they were visited by a research scientist by the name of Dr. Listana Gregant. Yep. She, invited, she invited them to her lab in a nightmarish vision, tempting them to embrace their corruptions and take the power that it offered. One by one, she showed them her power and the corruption's power. And finally, when she got to Ziva, she gave her a harrowing choice. She could remove the feelings that plagued her friend, Oren. All his sadness and regret could be gone with a single stroke of a scalpel, and she would gain power in the process. The corruption within drove Ziva to do the unthinkable, and she used the scalpel to sever Orin's tether to his emotional self, and the claws of corruption ensnared her heart. Then they were all back on the ship, waking up in their beds as if 
This was only some fading nightmare, yet they all know the truth. They were doomed, and if they did not stop the corruption at its source, they would all succumb. Turn that signal jammer on, man. Come on. That every, that's all we needed to do. I wouldn't even have had to, you know, do that if we yep. just would have turned <laughs> the only. signal jammer on. If we would have turned the signal jammer on God. episode yeah. one, dude. But they didn't have any idea how to find this doctor. What they did have was the information that the entire planet of Verses was facing the same fate of New Elysium. So they steeled their resolve and continued their trek to Verses. After arriving there, settling into a hotel and making contact with Fell's parents, they went to Eclipse Innovations HQ only to find it had been abandoned with the exception of, few, of a few tech employees that were basically zombies, only animated by a chip inserted into their brains. What they did discover is that Kayon Reese had completed a full-on corporate coup and was effectively running Eclipse Innovations from a shadow location called the Black Site. It confirmed Fell's fears that his once friend was now completely ensnared by Gregant's corruption. They also discovered that there were three towers that were going to be used to distribute the corruption signal via a new social media app called Penumbra. Mm. They were further dismayed to find that Fell's parents, Frank and Martha, had recently acquired this app as well. Not only were the APA's souls at stake, but now Frank and Martha and all the other citizens of Verses. And this was only a further test before Kayon Reese, through Eclipse Innovations, took this signal to the packed worlds and beyond. So the APA immediately got to work dismantling the signal boosters at the three locations around Versi's capital city of Kuvakara. This is where you guys became gangsters too, mm -hmm, by the way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, the Nissan Armada was a big yep. deal here. Um, it, yeah, lot, yeah, lots of uh, that was the run the jewels era of the APA. <laughs> About it. <laughs> also, also, I'm gonna bring up the bit of Fell getting locked in. The child safety <laughs> locks in the yes, That's right. <laughs> child locked in. I really dug the Absalom Buzzblades connection thing. Like when we did our flashbacks, getting a, a big moment with Mike's dad at the mm -hmm. Buzzblades game was really cool. I just sent y'all a picture in our APA chat of my three fantasy football teams this year, and <laughs> I've had the Absalom Buzzblades as my primary fantasy Aww. football team That's for awesome. like four years. <laughs> and my other two teams are the Absalom Assailants, which is before this adventure came out, the stated team for Absalom. I just right. think of them as New York. They got two teams. And my third team's we'll see you. Nice. <laughs> While the APA was successful by and large with dismantling these signal boosters, they almost lost Fel and Ziva to Black Lotus Poison at a mm, dance club. Yeah. An assassin, yeah, uh -huh. an assassin disguised as a pop star invited them to join in a bottle service at the club using the wine as the delivery system for the poison. Mm -hmm. However, the APA are not so easily defeated, and they saved their mechanic from the clutches of death. Shoot, I remember doing the math on that. Oh, man. It, it was it close. Was like, it was and, so and there was there was a long wait between sessions Episodes. when yeah. we like okay fell's poisoned you gotta wait two weeks <laughs> to to figure out like what was going what was gonna happen and like uh -huh. the entire time i'm sitting there running the numbers and it was a, even with all of the help it was still a very low percentage yeah like it, it was it, like like 30 something 40 something percent chance of surviving 
Well, it, Black Lotus Poison, that's what it was, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. that the most powerful poison in the game? It's one of them. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a level 20 poison for yeah. sure. So. And uh, you guys were like, what, level 8 or 9 at this point? Yeah. Maybe 9 or 10. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I uh, remember so, like that kitten and being like, "What the fuck is that doing here? We're right, too yeah, low right? for this. You added this. They didn't <laughs> like, put this in the adventure. Yeah. That was entirely too strong for where yeah, we no were. Believe me, Adam's trying to get his kill in. Yeah, <laughs> uh, almost did. So after dismantling these signals, the next place for them was the black site, located deep in the cold mountains of the dark side of Verses. Their flight there was intercepted by an Eclipse Innovation starship. This starship was piloted by the corrupted, and as such, their their kamikaze efforts caught the APA by surprise and resulted in the famed Epic Tracer being forced into a crash landing. With exceptional piloting by Orin, they managed to crash land the Tracer with as minimal injury as possible, but alas, I wrote a nat 20 on that, didn't I? Yes, you did. did. It was still no longer able to fly. Leaving their dormant starship at their backs, they trudged through the snow to the entrance of the black site, each step feeling like a step closer to the inevitable fracture of their psyches, their captain losing her grip the most. The horrors that they faced throughout the black site were relentless, oppressive, and mind-breaking. All they found was darkness, horror, violence, and evil, until they finally came face to face with Kaon. Fel and Mike had both believed there was hope to bring Kaon back from corruption, feeling there must be a way. But this was more likely them convincing themselves that they could be saved from the same corruption. It was confirmed that Kaon had gone beyond saving the moment they laid eyes on him. The Kaon that Fel had known and loved was gone, replaced by this hollowed out shell of a Verthani that stood before them. The battle was hard and ugly, and at the end, just when they thought they had defeated Kaon, one of his corrupted henchmen plunged their blade into Ziva's heart as she collapsed, collapsed lifeless to the ground. Orin rushed to her side to revive her with his healing magic, but as he did so, both were enveloped in a shadow substance and then they were gone. Yep. The rest of the APA could only stare in shock and horror as two of their own, one possibly dead, just disappeared from the presence. Yet with no time to grieve, they had to stop a swelling rip between the planes as the shadow plane threatened to swallow the black site and then Verses in whole. Fell got to work, but then, moments later, two Kyle twins appeared before them looking for someone they called the Herald, but the APA called the Captain. The APA, forced to trust them in this moment, followed them back into the shadow plane, hoping to find their Captain, but not before saying goodbye to Fell, who had to stay behind to close this planar tear to save Verses from its shadowy fate. Having to say goodbye to yet another member of the APA, Mike and Kuiper embraced Fell, knowing that the odds of his survival were slim to none. But there was no other way, and so they went through the portal into the Shadow Plane. Arriving there, they discovered that the Kyle twins had been tricked, and that their captain, or the Herald as Tenna and Trelax called her, had been taken along with Orin and Xeno-6. Oh yeah, that is like a whole other thing, but Zeno is back because of Gargant's choice to... You know what? You're just going to have to listen back for that story. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's go back into that convoluted no, back story. Come on. Come on. We also yeah. did not mention the CSV in this, did we? Did we? Uh, no. Not no. yet. Anyway, Ziva, Orin, and Zeno had both been taken, or had all been taken by an evil dream sorcerer named Mordrin, who was promised great power if he delivered 
delivered Ziva to the Midnight Lord, Zan Kuthan. Overwhelmed by these losses and this news, Mike and Kuiper had no choice to just press forward in the shadow plane, discover where Dr. Gregant was, and hope that defeating her and the corruption would somehow save their friends in the process. Led by the Shadow Plane natives, Mike and Fell met the Kyall Enclave and helped them push back the Eclipse Kyall that they were engaged in civil war with. Then they made their way to the Shadow version of Skydock. It was there that they found a sect of Kuthites who worshipped the pain but did not impose it on others, raising the question of the ideas of what Zonkuthanism is. But there was no time for religious study and they were tasked with clearing, with clearing the sky dock from a corrupted mechanic that had turned the starship hub into a bay of horror. After clearing the dock, the newly tongue-in-cheek named Shadow Protection Agency were able to procure a shadow copy of the tracer and fly to Dr. Gregant's lab, which was in the exact location of New Elysium, but in the shadow plane. Upon arrival, they found that New Elysium's asteroid was completely encased in a human heart. The absurdity of it all at this point pushing Mike and Kuiper further into madness. As Mike, Kuiper, Tenna, Trelax, and Gloombot fought their way through the heart and then back through the resort and into Gregant's lab, a bond grew between them. Mike also felt the presence of Zeno in his mind, knowing that somehow, some way, Zeno was alive as well as Ziva and Orin. The many stages of Dr. Gregant's descent were represented in the enemies that the SPA had to slay as they progressed their way through the, her lab. The closer they got to her, the more the darkness pulled at their soul, Kuiper nearly succumbing to his corruption. Finally, they meet Dr. Gregant face to face, but she was prepared for them and they are clearly outmatched and overwhelmed. Yet their resilience perseveres and they fight knowing that they have to destroy the shadow generator or all is lost. They all put their lives on the line to achieve this, and while they do destroy the generator, they also face their own death as a result. Meanwhile, Zeno, Orin, and Ziva were all trapped in a mind prison created by Mordron. Mordron did not anticipate Zeno's connection to the rune drive, which the sorcerer had used to create this prison. As a result, Zeno was able to manipulate the mind prison using the code of the rune drive. He pulled Orna and Ziva out of their torturous nightmares, infinitely looping their worst fears and memories. The three of them together drew Mordren into his own mind prison, hoping to fight him and destroy him from within. But Mordren was powerful and devious and created a trap for Ziva, causing her to be fully encased in her corruption. All seemed lost until the APA, back in the shadow lab, destroyed the device causing the corruption. This weakened Mordron as he lost his shadowy power while also rejuvenating Ziva. She came back whole, reborn, and full of light, and the three of them destroyed Mordron, escaped his mind prison, and used the rune drive to teleport to the Shadow Lab to save the SPA who were suffering greatly in their fight against Dr. Gagant. No big deal. Just an average light Tuesday, work. basically. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, Mordron almost got a kill on oh, Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tenna and Mike are both laid out uh, by Gregant with no way to recover. It looked as if two more protection agents would be claimed by the darkness. Hope was lost. But then, out of this darkness, Orin emerges, all starfire and light. In the very last moments, Orin is there to bring Tenna back from the brink of death. 
piecing together her exploded brain, skull everywhere. <laughs> right, Thanks, right, right. Yeah. Thanks, Dom. Yeah. Yeah, he exploded brain. Slap a band aid on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, th and then he revives the toughest goddamn Vesk that you've ever seen, saving the APA and the SPA in one heroic swoop. The Shadow Corruption and Dr. Gregant were defeated, but their work wasn't done. Fell was still not there, and they discovered a whole chamber dedicated to clo cloning Gregant. There was a young Listana in the cloning chamber, and they decided to save her rather than destroy her. But one problem remained. How were they going to get back to the material plane? Again, Zeno had the answer, but again, it was at the cost of his existence. Mike and the rest of the APA had to say goodbye to Zeno again, but they also had to say goodbye to the SPA. It was tearful, but cathartic. Their harrowing, terrifying battle with corruption, their inner evil and separation was nearly complete. After the sad goodbyes, Zeno used the rune drive again to transport them back to the material plane. But this time his body could not take the effects and he was incorporated into the rune drive itself. The rune drive that had been prepared for by Fel. Fel had survived his experience at the Black Site, saved by the CSV and D9. Together they repaired the Epic Tracer and prepared the engine room to receive the rune drive after a brief telepathic communication with Zeno. The reunion was joyful, as all were reunited again, but the specter of Zeno loomed. However, not too long after, Zeno revealed himself as an ascended intelligence that was now part of the Epic Tracer. Yep. Whew, season two. Season two, man. She was a fucking roller coaster. A fucking that doozy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah I've just got to say, when the SPA and APA like split ways. That was just like a normal goodbye for Gloombot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, this is fine. We'll see, I guess. <laughs> Man, I, I'm i still mad at y'all for making Mike uh, go through losing his friend twice. Uh, but I just made myself sad. You ever do that? Just make yourself <laughs> sad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, All the fucking time. <laughs> I did because I was thinking about First that. Time. And then I thought to myself, I was like, I wonder if Mike's gotten past that yet. You know, I wonder oh, if he's had any catharsis. And I was like, oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, he's dead. All right, just a little bit more to go. 45 minutes into this full-on recap episode. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I think it's important. I think it's important. Uh, three years passed after the APA's horrific vacation. Mike and Kuiper became deep friends as they visited the Vescarian to study the ways of Demoratosh. Orin and Ziva cleansed a temple of Ebra that had been desecrated by Kuthites. The APA continued to bolster their reputation and presence as the de facto security of Absalom Station. And Ziva traded her title of Madam for Councilwoman as she moved into a career of politics. Things were relatively calm for the APA. Rupert passed peacefully during those years, but not without Mike really getting to relish some time with his father. Then they were approached by some Xeno Wardens who had a mission for the Apollo Protection Agency. In a faraway planet called Jedirat, a dig site for another new resort had uncovered some ancient alien ruins and in the process unleashed a planet-wide virus that caused all tech to go on the fritz and also created a never-ending blizzard. Now normally the APA at this point would have sent some of their lower-ranked squads to handle this, but Weldy, a friend or 
at least acquaintance from their time on the Condus, was at the root of this incident and also trapped in the ruins. So, APA themselves went to Jedirat and uncovered the disturbing truth that these ruins were from an ancient, tyrannical civilization called the Civ. The very species that had created the stellar degenerator superweapon that had been discovered and destroyed in Dead Suns. Not only had the ancient tech awoken, but it sent a signal to a supership that had been lost in space for millions of years. A Civ destroyer called the Ark Prime. The APA had to fly to the moon that housed the Bantrids, a species that had been subjugated by the Civ all those years ago and had been cryogenically frozen until about five years prior when they all emerged at once, unaware of their history. The APA discovered that the Bantrid moon was actually another supership called the World Seed, and it was this ship that had sent the signal to the Ark Prime. They rushed back to Absalom Station to share what they knew with the Pack Council and then, they could only wait to see if this dread ship would emerge in the packed worlds. Of course it did, and the APA immediately went into emergency response mode. They helped the Pack Council place their defenses, they helped the Adari by sending reinforcements to fend off the approaching Ark Prime, they shored up defenses, they tried to save a rogue squadron of Eoxians that, they, that thought foolishly that they could take on the Ark Prime themselves, but failed. Then the Ark Prime arrived in Absalom Station's orbit and unleashed a devastating quantum ray on the space station, catapulting Absalom into darkness and chaos. The APA responded. They fought ancient tree spirits, devils, trolls, and befriended angels. They evacuated citizens to the pools of paradise only after dealing with Zolan's mother and a Velstrak overlord. <laughs> oh yeah. They went into the Starstone housing area to reactivate the generators to try to get power back to the station. It was there they discovered a Time Lord and his pet Hound of Tindalos. The Time Lord's plan was to help remove the Starstone to stop Absalom from being the center of destiny, or some shit such as that. While they did stop the Time Lord, they also lost the heart of the APA. Titanium Mike fell to this foe, doing what he does best, defending the people he loves. It was a devastating blow after an extremely long and grueling day. But again, they had no time to rest or grieve. The quantum ray's effects were increasing and the damage to Absalom Station was becoming critical. It was time to take the fight to the sieve and the APA loaded up into the Epic Tracer, along with the Armada, engaged in an epic assault on the Ark Prime. Successful in their attack, the Epic Tracer was able to bypass the shields and land on the Ark Prime. And after a harrowing run across the surface, they encountered a dragon that had been indoctrinated by Sif propaganda. They defeated the dragon, and the last thing they saw before they entered the Ark was the edges of the Starstone starting to breach the station causing utter destruction in its wake. Phew. Yep. That's Con what Congratulations. Happened. You done mm -hmm. it. You did a good job, man. So yeah, thanks for tuning in to our look back episode. <laughs> uh, that was but you know, that's you guys have done a lot and I just think before we get truly into this end game situation, it was worth looking back and seeing what how far you guys have come since episode 1 and you know, this five years 
or so of in-game time has passed and a lot of things have happened in those five years. So thank you all for indulging me in that recap and for participating as well. But uh, we'll try to get some forward progression in this episode as well. And so we're going to go back into the Ark Prime where you find yourselves in this, I guess, prison room or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, the, the book calls it. I will tell you. Pod. Bay. I might call that might be what it is. God, <laughs> I, actually, I, I have a, a question. So these are all VR lab. VR lab. These are all like the pods that we were in are like humanoid, medium sized creature sized, right? How they do that? We fought an indoctrinated dragon. Do they have a dragon sized so, pod somewhere in here? So you're assuming that they're medium sized. They're not. I'm they just looking could, at the ten feet that they take up on the map. The right, two squares. They, but. No, you're <laughs> quantum tech, man. Mm, yeah. They have okay. a different, quantum. much larger room with five dragon-sized pods. The they room just, itself just, is hundreds of feet. Nah, they so, just they so, just shove that baby in there with real estate tech. Okay, so you guys find yourselves in this VR lab. You've just defeated the liquidation units uh, that came, and I will say that. While nothing is secure, nothing seems is a hundred percent. You feel like you finally have a moment here to catch your breath and like just be. You know, like there is no more. The klaxons are are have stopped. The imminent threats of of you know it's it's all shut down and it's just quiet in this room. You have no idea what awaits you on the other side of this room. But you have a new companion with you guys, and I would like you guys to take this moment to introduce yourselves. Can we short rest? Absolutely, okay. 100%. All right. Mm -hmm. I would like to characterize my short rest as just like engaging. Spending a resolve yeah. point and getting all your stamina back? <laughs> Engage Sorry, what, what? Yeah, yeah, just like engaging in, in you know, uh, the, the new guy in the room. Sure, like th that can all just be done kind of collectively, right? Right. right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, the, I mean, the first thing I, I think Orin would be concerned about about the crew. You know, is everyone okay? Yeah, all your limbs. I'm good. I'm. I'm. Uh, <laughs> actually, I, I feel pretty good, man. Um, all things <laughs> considered. Yeah. Kuiper. I like will. Yeah. Like before <laughs> you get too deep in this, I will say that you do feel extremely rejuvenated to the point of gained power. I mean, you gained mm -hmm. a level's worth of power yeah. in there, and you, you know, before this fight, you had the full effects of like an extremely like healthy long rest. Like, you know, you you feel powerful and and strong and good, just like fellow saying. I just want to confirm that that is the case as you guys came out of these pods. Okay. Um. So anyway, did anybody else find having an ass neck extremely uncomfortable? Or was that just me? Yes, ab absolutely. Yes, it was awful. Yeah, not a fan. I did, didn't care for it. No, no, so, of course not. I mean, despite of it being well, an amputee, I still f kind of feel the phantom limbs of like eight different tentacles still. I can still yeah, feel I mean, the phantom wigglies, yes. I mean, I've got four arms, and it's still way too many appendages. Yeah, by the way, you. What the hell are you doing here, man? Uh, all right, so... Uh, gather around. Let's powwow. Um, <laughs> I apologize for the caginess earlier, but now that we've escaped this 
God's awful simulation, uh, allow me a moment to properly introduce myself, for I was, uh, in a way, unable to make myself plain to you all in the simulation. Um, my name is Valtressus Raish Elbequan. My line descends from the great family Raish of the homeworld Kassath. I'm a member of the Raish clan called Elba. My family represents the Elba minor clan called Quan. Uh, hence all the names, right? Um, we're getting there. I see your face, Oren. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Ziva is is in this. She is. In yeah, it. and um, one uh, one thing I just want to add in here. He called you Oren. That's because you guys are all famous. The APA. So yeah, I was gonna ask. Like, did he did he know us? And yeah. Assu- assume, assumingly, I, I I wonder like, how Val feels about realizing that he's. You know, just run into the APA on well, this. Well, so he yeah. had to know in the simulation, though. Like hearing us call each other by names once we were all lucid enough. You can't, you can't be sure of what the combination is going of, of on, you know? Phil, Ziva, and Kuiper. What, what I'm going to say, what I'm going to say, is that lots of things were going on in that simulation. You didn't have full scope of your your memories for a good por- mm-hmm. portion of that. Mm-hmm. In that, it he might have had some sort of. Uh, intuition but as soon as he saw your faces like your faces are known yeah in the packed mm-hmm. worlds like you, you know, and you, all together rep- right yeah, we're all right. together in a yeah. group right. of course i'm sure he'd wonder like what happened to titanium Light? you know mm-hmm. but anyway sorry no. to interrupt you man go yeah. go ahead i'm gonna take a step back for just a second because this may be my last opportunity to ever do this mm-hmm and I just wanted to briefly say that it's time for a long introduction. <laughs> it's a long introduction. All right, that earned you an inspiration. He's going to roll yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you stopped landing right there, Theo. I'm going to give it a 9 out well, of 10. Well, I was interrupted for the second <laughs> time in the last two minutes. That's all right. Go ahead and roll a d6 there, buddy. Okay. I love that he told you that that's all right. Yeah, also, one right that I interrupted you. Yep. Uh, three. Uh, well, it is because you're getting an inspiration out of it. Uh, three. All right. So roll a d12 for me. Okay. Uh, another three. All right. This is from Ben slash Cupcake. Uh, one of our yeah. newer, the, the, newer the, the, listeners. A new father, if I. Yes. And I can't believe how appropriate this is. In the words of the great Kasathan warrior philosopher, Nai Aki of Akaton, just do it. is the final bit of that, so there you go. I love it. That's good. That is good. All right. Take your Excellent. note. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, he gives you the rundown of why he has so many names. That's a that's a you know Kasatha thing. They they yeah, all okay. honor all their clans and subclans and stuff. But you, you're good with us just calling you Val, right? Uh, yes, that's fine. Okay, I didn't want to be disrespectful by not saying the whole thing every time. No, well that would be <laughs> you know I, I'm not a tribe called Quest. Um, <laughs> I am, however, um, just name Slickback. Just to give you the the sort of quick rundown of what I'm about. Uh, I am an athlete, I'm a monk, I'm a traveler, I'm a soldier of the world ship Adari, and a chronicler of heroes in my free time. 
um, in all actions. I hope to honor both the God of my people, Talavet, the storyteller, and the God of my own discovery, Waden the Explorer. I've dedicated my life to the desire to honor my fellow Kasathans by collecting stories of heroes to contribute to our collective history, and in so doing, it would appear that I, myself, have come to join the history of the Pact Worlds through the good fortune that allowed you, the APA, to cross my path and save me from the machinations of the Sith. My strength is yours, if you'll have me. For having seen the atrocities of the Sith, I cannot allow their history to become our reality. Now I'll open up the table to questions. I know you're all curious. <laughs> Out of character, Emily wants so desperately to hug <laughs> Val and just like, oh my god, you're the cutest fucking thing. There will be a hug segment after the questionnaire. That's, that's fair. And you notice, um, uh, uh, just out of character, uh, uh, more of a confidence in his, his speaking voice. Like, when you were in the simulation or simulations, there was almost a childlike quality to to Val. It, it, like, this feels like a different person than it did in the, the, the simulation. Right? Wait, now, okay. The, the same it person... This is not like a big mystery or whatever. I mean, like, there's questions you can ask, but like, he f he feels more sure of himself. Okay. Yeah. And and less. Uh, it was almost as though he was like fearful and kind of retreating into himself in mm -hmm. the simulation. He'd also been in the simulations a little bit longer than you guys had been. Right. Mm. Quick question: Do I I recall him having his weapon in the simula simulation? Um. Do I still... D does Ziva recall that? Yes. Okay. Um, as we kind of like, you know, listening in and everything, would look around and say, we're all missing uh, something of ours. Are you... You're, you had a weapon, yes? You yes, my, my staff is... Uh, I, I don't know where it's at. I know that we're in a precarious situation, but if we could find that, it would mean the world to me. And as, as would... Oren's rifle, Sedona. How do you know so much about <laughs> us, man? You're the APA. I All am right. the chronicler of I'm heroes. I'm a chronicler of heroes. <laughs> in my are the most famous time. heroes in the you, fucking You guys world. have been, if you're not aware, which you've been quite busy, uh, you guys have been, I mean, you've taken the Pact Worlds by storm over the last few years. Like, stories of you have been all over the place. Now, aside from that, I'm, you guys met with the council on, on Absalom, right? And you had something to do with sending out the the fleets to, to all the different places. I, I'm a soldier. I'm a leader of, of the fleet for the Adari. That's that's how I ended up here. I was a defender of the Adari. I was part of the defense force. That was the Adari ship that we saw on the surface. Yeah, the Sandstone Squawks. That was my ship. That's adorable. It's a name. It's very cute. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great name. <laughs> I got I got to be honest here with you, Val. I all this f fame, 
associated with I the I would APA. imagine you don't like it, yes. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Got we got to have personal boundaries here, man. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ziva pats you on the orange. No one is. It's not a personal and, boundary. And you see, you don't like it. You see Val uh, from his pack, like pull out a, a small but thick kind of notebook and like lick his finger and pull to a page and like make a little note and doesn't closes it oh. and doesn't say anything. Puts it back. Val, what's the weirdest thing you know about me? Oh, uh, I've heard that you uh, briefly dated a cuttlefish. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? I on, don't want to ask that question. On the bright it's, side, it makes know. the introductions a lot easier. Yes, I'm, I'm well aware of who all you are. Honestly, mm. I was a bit starstruck once we regained our faculties and, um, you know, could could realize who we were. It took me a little bit and you guys kind of saying each other's names. I couldn't obviously identify you from your looks. Um but I, I realized after a bit that, that you are in fact the APA. That's that's partially responsible for my, my trepidation um, in, in, you know, get, getting to really discuss anything with you or, or, or reveal anything to you. Um, you guys are, you know, you, your reputation precedes you. I was a bit scared that if you, I don't know, yeah. I knew we were in a simulation, but you can die in the simulation. So I was worried if I made a wrong move or a wrong statement, you you might just and he does the like slice the throat kind of thing. Well, I will say this, Val. We are very grateful for your being here, and and she kind of like you know has been listening and been smiling this whole time, like because he's just a cutie. Um, but like it sort of dawns on her. She says, "We are grateful to have you, um, as we uh, are. <laughs> we are down a man. So yes, um, I'm happy to have you along. Indeed, yes, I've uh, followed the exploits of the APA to to what degree I could when I had time. But you, as I said, you're quite well known, um, and I didn't want to bring anything up." So, uh, I'm sorry, just a point of order here. You probably wouldn't know that Mike died because this is like well, you were you were here. I think he was going to say bring up the fact that Mike is not with the four of us. Yeah, sure. I, I just yeah. want just wanted to get but, some yeah, timelines some timelines adjusted. That's all. Yeah. But Val would know if he's if if he has followed the APA, it would be I think immediately obvious that the fucking well, it, it poster boy be, of the APA was not with us. Right. Yeah, yeah. It would certainly be weird. Right. Well, but that's what I was trying to get to. Uh, like, it, it, I couldn't help but notice that um, Titanium Mike, uh, who is as famous, if not more famous, than all of you, uh, is not with you. Is he on another mission? Or something We've had like a hell of that. a day, Val. We lost him. Could you? We, we lost him on Absalom yeah, Station at the hands of this multiplanar being. Uh, he died for the cause. Oh, and he, he does mm-hmm. like a, a he like kind of crosses both arms and does like what you would gather is a religious symbol um, or, or motion. It says, I, I, I very much apologize. Um, I don't mean to 
open up recently uh, opened wounds uh, but I, I do apologize for your loss and it's a I mean, great disappointment for me to not be able to have met such a famed warrior to be fair Val the uh, wounds haven't ex- exactly had time to mend at all uh, yeah I understand so, and, and I, trying to, I, do, I do apologize and seeing the, the how the tension has kind of like become palpable at the this revelation that Mike didn't make it Kuiper is I guess kind of interjects there for a moment and it's just like trying to change the subject a little bit anyway a key adept eh? you know I've never met the you type before I always figured that you were just a lot of mad bastards I mean being able to <laughs> go into fights with no contemporary weaponry you know yes well um, there's a long tradition of, of such fighting styles uh, on the Adari. Uh, when I was a child, I was trained in the ways of, of Televet, the, the god of our people. Mm. And uh, through that, I was also trained in the, the fighting styles, uh, traditional to Kasathan culture. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, part of why I was a bit timid um, in the simulations is I, I especially before we regained our sense of self right i mm. i think i re- sort of reverted to a, a childlike state right like when mm. i was a when i was a kid i actually wasn't too keen on on training in the ways of the warrior of, of kasata i was uh, i was a book nerd right so um even to this day i'm kind of a, a warrior scholar is what my people would refer to me as and and i don't relish violence though i've had you know my fair share of it in defense of of the adari and on my travels so um you know, uh, i don't know to answer your question yeah I, I i trained as a monk for years in the adari and then i went on my walkabout um to you know when you come of age as a kasatha you kind of go out into the universe and you're expected to come back with notable skills or things you can help the kasatha with and and my passion has always been researching heroes such as yourselves and trying to learn everything i could particularly in terms of fighting styles and in fact i don't mean to bring up mike again but i had been I've been trying to learn everything I could about Titanium Mike and, and duplicate anything I could of his fighting styles. And I actually think I picked up a few things just from sort of the the grapevine. Right. Well, as someone who's personally trained with Mike, he certainly broke my perception that you need contemporary weaponry to be formidable. So I mean, I'm very much appreciative that you decide to use this fire fighting style and uh, I'm glad to see that we have a capable soldier amongst our crew. Well, I'm, um, you know, at best a pale imitation of the legend who was Titanium Mike, but if, if you'll have me, I would love to, to help in any, any way I can. I, I am, if I don't, you know, I, I don't like to toot my own horn, as they say, but I, I can handle myself. Well, Val, even if you couldn't, man, it's going to take a lot of fighting probably to get out of this one. Well, we're going to need to work together. Well, the most valuable weapon is determination. 
I like oh that. Gosh, I, I like that. I love that. you so yeah. much. You're so precious. Look at the cl- chronicler over here. Those little wise phrases. All right. That's yes, nice. Uh, if we could get back my staff, uh, that would be amazing. What? And Sedona, I know you want back as well. Fame I weapon, don't even Sedona. know why I speak anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, well, I know, I know that Sedona means a lot to you. Um, look, I'm trying really hard to not come across as a fanboy, but I mm, absolutely mm. am. You guys, uh, I'm a little bit starstruck in the fact that I've been able to hold it together this long and seem not insane is a mm. big win for me. So I know Sedona means a lot to you. In the same way, my staff means a lot to me. I actually uh, trained with uh, famed Kasatha warrior Nai Aki and and gained that weapon mm. through completing my <laughs> training. I, I've heard that name. An illustrious trainer, indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we could find those, uh, I'd like to call back to the, the primary lesson I learned from Nai Aki. Let's just do it. <laughs> yes. <on> yes. <laughs> and I, I feel like the, during this entire thing, like Kuiper has been smoking one of his like Don Juan cigarillos, but also just to, you know, those are bad for you, right? Hey, it's a, it's a habit. I, I can't break it. But life's too short. <laughs> life is too short. You you understand where we are, right? And uh, yes, Mister Kuiper, I understand. <laughs> But the lighter that he uses is a Zippo that Mike had. Mm. So he's he's using yeah. that right now. All right. Well, listen, uh, Val. I need to do something if we're going to get through this together. All right. Just do it. And um, Oren is... He's, he's preparing to, to break the telepathic bond that's currently... The bond currently still functions between the four of us, right? But Mike is also linked to that bond, and Oren knows that he has to break it, and he hasn't wanted to break it. And before he does, he actually reaches out in his in his like telepathic channel, in the same way that he would directly to Mike, and and just says, "Mike, you there?" And gets nothing, <sighs> and 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 breaks the bond. Yeah, just resigned. <sighs> and um, wait, I was. Sorry, I was okay. Why, why, why you gotta make me misty-eyed, Zach? Yeah, dude. Uh. <laughs> but then, but then he will, you know, gather everyone up and recoalesce the bond and and bring Val into this telepathic link that we all have, and and asks telepathically. Testing, testing. Yeah, well, and, on. and at, as <laughs> I, I, think, I think Val recognizes the significance, if not the entire context, of that this is a, a meaningful act. And again, kind of like goes into an almost meditative state, you know, crosses his forearms across each other. Uh, but upon hearing the testing, testing, he says, uh, Yes, is, is this thing on? Yeah, we got you. Is this thing clear. on? Yeah. yeah, you don't have to yell. Oh, it right. works telepathically. Yeah. You Ooh. can communicate with all of us now. Well, that is very useful and explains a lot in the simulation sort of interstitial mm-hmm. spaces. Those periods where you just weren't saying a fucking word. <laughs> just and I was just standing there like, what are we What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we were... We were, uh, we, we, sorry, we get used to doing this. I that, that it makes it weird. It becomes second nature after a while. Yeah, I just felt like I was, you know, at a party where I didn't know anybody, and just like, all right. Yeah, well, I understand, but 
you ha- you also should understand the need for secrecy or or yeah security. discretion sure discretion indeed yeah yes and and again like I am I'm honored that you would trust me with such and and I said numerous times in the simulations that I would I would prove myself to you I think that was me kind of reverting to my as a child I felt the need to prove myself to anyone but I I do still feel that with you guys you you have a reputation and it's well deserved and I will do everything I can to live up to the um the space that I'm filling um for Titanium Mike the the legend the hero listen nobody can replace Titanium Mike I don't I don't want to he I was just, the best of us I just want to honor him the way that we can honor him is by getting the hell off of this ship after we blow it straight to kingdom come. Absolutely. Mm. Well said, well said. Well, Val, welcome to the circle. Talking about the the telepathy, uh, not tele- yeah. telepathy. Right, thank you. And, he, and Val quickly kind of walks over and face to face with Ziva. It says, um, being that we've made this um, official, I just wanted to say, Captain, I'm glad to be aboard. Um, whatever you need of me, I will not balk. Uh, Ziva's uh, throat kind of like kind of wobbles a little bit, you know. Um, she's that is very good. We are happy to have you. Um, one last thing before we get going. Um, might I have a piece of uh, hair? Please, uh, just a single I'm, strand. I'm a Kasatha. We don't have hair. Mm. No hair whatsoever. Uh, no eyebrows. Nothing. Maybe. Oh yeah, eyebrow. Okay. Hands <laughs> <laughs> your eyebrow. <laughs> Thank you. And she pops open uh, what looks to be a very complicated looking compass, and there are four slots in it, uh, one of which has a green scale. She pulls the scale out. And she opens up her, um, uh, oh my gosh, her hidden limb, basically, the little slot on her mm-hmm. arm. Hideaway limb, and I think it's it. called. Yeah, hideaway limb. Yeah, hideaway limb, thank you. Uh, places the scale inside, closes that, and then puts your hair inside mm-hmm. the compass. Mm-hmm. And as she closes it, the needle just and points directly at you. Just in case. Just in case. All right. Yep. I trust you implicitly. You know you're walking into certain death with us, right? I it's mean, not like he I, has anywhere else to go. Or yeah, well, fair I, enough, I, Phil. I already got shot down onto this ship and made it past the dragon. Um, so <laughs> that's not to brag, but like I, I'm well aware that we're in dire straits. Yeah. He's so polite, you guys. It's, it's so refreshing. It's so yeah, we'll break she, that out she of you cuts soon eyes, She cuts eyes at Orin, and she's like, it's so refreshing. <laughs> 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 it's great like, Look, I'm a joy. What are you talking about? I know you're not talking about me right now, but like, come on. Uh, so b- before we end this little story, I just wanted to uh, ask real quick, like, I, you guys were all able to see the. I made a hero forge of the character, right? Yeah. Have, have we talked mm-hmm. at all about yeah. what he actually looks like? No, no, no let's do that. that. Think so. Yeah. yeah. He's got a orange and yellow sort of aesthetic theme, mm-hmm. I would say. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Very much in in 
monk-like attire. Monastic style, yeah. Monastic yeah. attire, yeah. indeed, yeah. yes. Cloth and metal are the themes here. Yeah, he does have a hood with a, you know, a typical Kasathan face mask. Um, he's got his staff. He's also got a, a, a book and a tea set. Yeah, a lot of tea and a adorable. cup. I wanted to say this real quick, and Ziva almost brought this up, but I wondered if Val didn't kind of retreat back into himself when we were in the simulation because he didn't have on a mask. Oh yeah, that actually probably was a, a pretty big psychological part of it. It's like he's never, like other yeah. than in the most private of moments, not had a mask on. You know, that's a I... thing. Just want to say out of character that I love this character. I think it's such a fantastic mm-hmm. concept mm-hmm. to have a chronicler of, of heroes yeah. run across the APA and just already know all about them and everything. Brilliant narrative move. So yeah. Val yeah. wrote the recap that I just read, is all I'm saying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's from Val's book. Uh, yeah. yeah. So he has a book in his hand, that's and great. I will say, so he mentioned in his introduction. And this is a, it's a minor thing, but it's something that I was really keen on trying to express because it's an idea I've had for a long time because I find it limiting in, in such a crazy world as, as you know, the Starfinder universe that like, you're supposed to only have one deity, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Kasatha are steeped in tradition. Tradition is a very big part of who they are. And, um, Val is, is into that right like he loves the tradition of the Kasatha people but he also is very into individuality and and he's done a lot of traveling his walk it's kind of the thing where he went on his walkabout and he didn't come back you know yeah, for a good yeah, while. yeah yeah um so the the god of his people or Talavet, the storyteller the the god of the Kasathans are is about telling good stories and those stories having meaning in your life and passing them down to other generations hence the chronicler of heroes but on his own he was fascinated with traveling and learning about new cultures and learning about the heroes and the stories of other cultures. And so he personally is very invested in Waydon and feels a connection to Waden, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he he is a he's a dual theistic, right? Like he's I, I think but in a world where the gods are demonstrably real, you know, right. like why yeah. can't you buy into two of them? That w- yeah, what I'm absolutely. thinking is that it has more to do with the gods' own vanity than anything else. They want you to worship them and only them. You know what I'm saying? Is what is like my initial thought. I don't I'm sure well, and it differs the, and those deity two to deity deities I don't think really have a lot no, of that vibe. Well, you know? right. yeah. Yeah. So I didn't see any conflict between the uh, two. No, you know? I don't I don't no, I, yeah. I mean, no, I think that dude who, that who's gonna stop way. you, bro? Like right. who's, gonna, <laughs> who's right. gonna stop you? But no, I, I not those gods. I love the character and also <laughs> I don't want to gloss over the fact that you said he is basically a commander of a fleet, essentially, of a of of yeah, I mean, he's level 19 now. He just leveled up, but he was level 18. Right. So he was like in a command position over a fleet that was sent. You know, when you guys allocated fleets to protect the Adari, and essentially what you did is had fleets go out and try to distract the ship so that its collision course with the Adari was interrupted, right? Mm-hmm. He was yeah. a leader of one of those ships or, yeah. or, or, yeah. or whatever so, and got so shot I- down. So, I mean, obviously we're looking at a level 18, level 19 character here. This is a very powerful individual in his own right you know he's he's he's, like yeah he may not have the fame that the apa does but he's you know 
I imagine among his own people, he does. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty isolated to the Kasatha. Yeah, he's very much seasoned. Is what you're getting at? Yes. Yeah. 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 And and I feel like it would be hard to kind of gauge age in a Kasatha, what with their mask coverings and and all Mm -hmm. that. But I mean, he's not you know an 18 year old kid or whatever. Sure. Sure. He's he's traveled the the packed worlds and beyond near space and stuff for years gathering these stories and and like so my core concept as a chronicler of heroes which narratively was very awesome to tie to you guys was also like the 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 focus for me was that he goes and travels because of his belief in way down to all these different uh civilizations and and just like lives an, an ascetic life like very few possessions um you know takes odd jobs or whatever but is constantly asking the people everywhere he goes tell me about the stories of your people who are the heroes who who what stories do you have that are unique to your culture are those like are there any living legends can i meet them can i go train with them and he has spent his life doing that and he is like i mean at level 19 like he would be one of the premier martial artists in the fucking universe because he has gone and learned martial arts uh, tidbits here and there from hundreds of heroes right you know? right he's just humble to the point of not having sought well his he's own fame. because because of all that you learn how to be wise right like mm-hmm. part of martial yeah. arts is like centering yourself and not letting your ego get in the way of right. yeah well and he had to take know. his lumps too you know like yeah. they're like even even though i was kind of intentionally making a reference in a joke but naya key now is now you know that's canon, it's canon. It's but canon. he had, he had <laughs> to complete his training. So there were probably several like powerful masters he had to go and complete training courses with, much like the school of Demoritage. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. he may have he may have briefly gone to the school of Demoritage. Yeah, you know? I'm curious yeah. now. You know, yeah. After he uh, found out that Mike and Kuiper went, he was like, "Shit, I got to get me some." Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, well, look. Uh, this is, is awesome. Great, great introduction. Yeah, He's sorry to be self indulgent, but no, thank no, you for letting me reveal all that. We've been, we've been, we've been waiting on this. It's allowed. Yeah, we <laughs> it's allowed. That but was I, always I, allowed. But I, <laughs> it was always I'm gonna, allowed. I'm gonna push a couple things forward here. So I'll allow it. You know, you guys are having this introduction, and, and everything's, you know, you get a better understanding of who. Val is and, and value maybe a little bit of that initial nerves of being starstruck starts to pull away as you are welcomed into their circle. Um, and you guys did all level up and we're not doing traditional level ups here just because you leveled up, you know, in, in a, a simulation and we don't have time to do a ship travel type thing. But to that point, Oren. Mm-hmm. As you're having this conversation, it's wrapping up. I'll, actually, I'll say the rest of you see Oren suddenly collapse to the ground. Oh, fuck. What? Like his eyes just roll back and he just collapses to the ground. And and you're all, well, you know, what's going on? Try to shake him. Nothing nothing happens. And then he, he comes back to himself. And Oren, what I will tell you is that you experienced your first transcendence. Okay. It just kind of happened to you, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, this is a new thing. And so it happened outside of your control. And while that happened, when you, pr- you kind of force projected, projected by, yeah, yeah. Uh, like on accident in a lot of ways, but it wasn't on accident. Zeno summoned you. 
oh, to a space. Do what now? And the two of you, the two of you, had a conversation. <laughs> and when you guys see Oren come back, his face is a little bit heavier. There's there seems to be a weight on him. Oren, what what is what? Are you yeah, all right? Yeah, I'm fine. You, you... You're ready to go. No, 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 no. no what no, we, what, we, what we, just what, happened? What just you, happened? You don't get to just collapse on the floor and then say, "Okay, guys, let's let's go." <clears throat> we need to know if this is going to happen again in the middle of the battle or escape. Do you have a seizure? Talk to us. No, <laughs> nothing like that. I uh, I feel closer in my connection to Ivra now. I think I have broken a limit. That's a good thing, so, right? Uh, limit theory, breaks are always very good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I got a new party trick when we get back home. Alright. Okay, I'm going to trust you, Oren, but uh, I'm going to keep an eye out and make sure... I- I have no doubt that you will, Kuiper. I got some. I got some defibs ready if something happens. That's that's right. That's right. I'm going to keep some serums around just in case. In your head, you hear Ziva say, "Are you sure you are all right? You do not have to be tough in front of us." Cap, everything's fine. We just have work to do, and the the reality of that hit me. Val pulls out his notebooks like, all right, so what's this party trip? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh... Could I learn it? Hey, Val. Ready to go do some hero shit? (laughs) Uh, yes, absolutely. And we'll see ya. Fucking A. (laughs) He just pulls a slide of his pistol back.